Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we are here with season six, episode ten, Fanalo. Tens, tens, tens are not here. Yeah, there's not tens across the board. There are no tens across this board. We're bored and it's episode 10. It's awkward because this is one of those very famous Will and Grace episodes that everybody kind of talks about. But those tend to disappoint us, I find. (laughs) That's so true, though. I feel like every, like, quote-unquote iconic Will and Grace episode, you and I have been kind of like, oh, yeah, that was television. That happened. We watched it with our faces. Yeah, I mean, like, I I do have, like, a personal connection to this episode because, as I maybe have mentioned, growing up I did watch the show often with my mom, and this is one of the very few episodes that I have a very concrete memory of us watching it together. Interesting. Um, I don't really know why. I just, I just do. (laughs) Possibly because as soon as the episode ended, I was like, Mom, who's Barry Manilow? I mean, I guess, like, when you were a kid watching TV shows with your parents, you remember, like, really random episodes. I mean, like... The only episodes of ER I distinctly remember are, like, the episodes where they go to Africa, which all blend together. The episode where um, Kovach was talking to a therapist who turned out to actually be a sex worker. And the double episode, Cliffhanger, where the nurse shot her abusive ex-husband while her son was watching. And then I got mad on the other end of the cliffhanger when they had recast the son. And it was like nobody noticed because he had a totally different face and a beauty mark. and, And that's when I should have known I was gay. Wow, that was a really spiritual experience for you. <laughs> let's uh, let's do the episode description, then we'll jump into the rest of the plot. Great. A weak bladder forces Will to entrust Grace with his place in line for Barry Manilow concert tickets. Grace's mother, guest star Debbie Reynolds, cancels their annual mother-daughter shopping trip to have dinner with Jack and Karen. Barry Manilow guest stars as himself. Okay, so just a quickie little clarification. Karen is not present at this dinner. Yeah, and it defeats the whole purpose of the episode if she had been there. Like, that wouldn't work. Cause yeah. Was... The whole setup is basically that, like, there's, like, a tiny tag that I've already kind of forgotten, but the episode mostly revolves around Will gets in line for Barry Manilow tickets. Mm-hmm. He is first in line. He's got to stay... Well, actually, he becomes second in line. But, but he we'll starts his first in line. He's got to stay in his spot or have someone else stay for him or he's going to miss out on the tickets altogether. So over the course of the episode, like, one character after another comes in and, like, takes his seat and then gets spun off into their own plot line. Yes. It's a very weird setup for Will and Grace. It is a little bit. And it's interesting to watch. It has its moments. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those moments, well, several of those moments, come from our other guest star this week, who is Sarah Gilbert of the Connors fame. <laughs> Yikes. Poor Sarah Gilbert. She really got the raw deal here. I mean, I guess. She probably got a huge pay bump. I hope. Anyways. She's there as a huge fan There's, like, a weird introductory segment for her where she's talking to Will and, like, they are using internet chat room names. Yes, because this is back when there used to be internet chat rooms. Yeah, it's it's kind of this, like, weird, like, Gen X thing where it's like, oh, like, they're describing an experience that I kind of remember from the internet, but they had that experience as, like, 30-somethings. Weird. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, like, the most comparable experience, I think, for me as, like, a person who exists on the internet is I'm pretty active in some fandom. Mm-hmm. And so I've met people who are fans of my fan work in real life before. Right. And that's basically the closest analog I can come up with is, mm-hmm. like, meeting your online friends in real life. But they're not even really friends. They're just, like, familiar with each other. It's 
that's like the other thing that's kind of odd about it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know enough about uh, early knots Barry Manilow fandom to know how realistic a portrayal this is of the chat room scene. Yeah, I was never a Fanilow. But it kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird interaction. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know enough about the period to know whether it was accurate or not. My suspicion being at Will and Grace is that it was not. Possibly. But, yes. So, Will basically encounters Sarah Gilbert. She is shocked to discover she's not the first person in line for these tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, like, a lively discussion about how she should be first. And he's like, no. But then he has to pee. Right. So, Will has to pee. And... Luckily for him, I guess. I don't think he ever calls her. I think he stumbles across Grace her. literally runs into him because she sees there is a line and goes, huh, a line in New York must be good for something. <laughs> so basically this starts our trend of characters coming and taking the place of other characters so they can have an adventure of some kind. Yes. So Will's adventure takes him across the street to a sandwich shop. So he can pee. Yes. And it is the... It is an experience. It is a whole experience. I mean, I kind of relate to this a little bit because my only real waiting in line for concert tickets experience is from when I was about to graduate college and my little sister and I waited all day Mm -hmm. in line for Fall Out Boy tickets. Granted, we were the first people in line. Right. And it went so well for us that the promoters bought us pizza because we were there so early. Oh, my God. And you joined us. Yep. And my sister and I got backstage passes. That was cool. So it's pretty cool. Um, so I, I can respect the hustle of standing in line. Mm-hmm. Um, but you always got to bring someone with you. If you're right. going to be first in line, you need to have a friend who can hold your spot. Well, and then when Will gets to the sandwich shop, he kind of ends up in this weird, like, tete-a-tete with, like, a larger gay man who's like aggressively hitting on him while they're waiting in line for sandwiches yeah like he's hitting on will and it's like it's sort of like normal at first but right. then when will sort of like it's just like i'm just in line to get the bathroom key like right. the guy's just like it's because i'm fat isn't it and it's just like whoa buddy yes it's very like it's very everything everyone says that's terrible about men when like this guy is being rejected by Will and it's like, oh, it's because I'm fat. And then it makes him feel bad. It was more to do with the fact that his opener with Will was to say that I make my own clothes and I'd love to put you in like a Daisy Duke jumper or something. Yeah, I, I honestly cannot accurately relate the details of this plot line because my brain shut down for mm-hmm. part of it to mm-hmm. protect me. I just know there were Daisy Dukes involved. It's and- kind of like a surge protector. Like if you, it just, everything shuts off and then you flip the switch <laughs> and it comes back on. And it's like, okay, well, we're still here in this plot line, I guess. Yeah, so it's really weird. And so Will kind of, like, brushes him off, gets his bathroom key. Right. And then as he gets back into the line, he discovers that this man is actually, like, the head of the road crew for Barry Manilow. So he's Barry Manilow's roadie. I do give the show credit for that plot twist because I did not see it coming. Mm -hmm. So then we see Will, who's previously rejected this man, somehow suddenly being like, hey really nice eyelashes and the guy's like well i did just get them done so i suppose i'll let you meet barry manilow and i'm just like i don't feel like that's the roadie's decision like right it was it was such a weird plot line i mean like i think the suggestion was that he was getting sandwiches for barry manilow potentially so like ipso facto will could help him carry stuff back so then he got so that he got to be barry Barry Manilow. manilow right yeah, but yeah. But so, also, why were they in line for tickets for the same 
date. Is that I a don't thing? Know. I don't think so. Because he wanted front row tickets. That's not really a thing, I don't think. You just buy the tickets and go in? I don't know. I mean, I guess. To me, that seems crazy. Especially if it was a one-night-only performance. On the other hand, did we have Ticketmaster yet? I feel like we did, but I can't be confident in that assertion. So maybe buying same-day concert tickets was more common prior to the mm-hmm. internet. But then they had a, a, a chat room. So it seems like they should have been able to buy tickets online. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm lost. Help. Send help. But, like, it's it's just such a weird plot. And then, like, it escalates because the guy's like, oh, yeah, this happens to me all the time. You're a fan, low. Yep. But then he's like, I'm okay with that. Because you have to go on a date with me. Now you have to me. go on a date with me. So we're in this, like, scenario where, like, the guy is being even more shady. But Will's kind of like, this is fine. He's like, I'm okay with exploiting myself to meet Barry Manilow. But Which- then it's like, the date is in Philadelphia. And it's like... Because that's a bit weird, but also Philadelphia is really only like an hour and a half away, right. so it could be worse. The Philadelphia is kind of like, um, it's like that episode of How I Met Your Mother where uh, Ted is like, I will do a lot of things to get laid, but I will not go to Jersey. <laughs> it's, like, it's more like that tone, like, oh, the disgusting inconvenience of having to go to this, you know, sixth borough and have sex with this man who again wants to put him in clothes that he made. I don't think that sex was ever even on the table. I think it was sort of the subtext. I think that, it was like, clearly was on the exp- table. It was expected that Will would sleep with the man, but he really only agreed to a date. Right, but there was a there was some throwaway line about putting out or something. Like it was like it was written where if it was a straight couple, it would not be sex. But like the implication with gays was sex, because as you know, we're all degenerates who can only have sex on dates. I didn't know if you were aware of this fact. I don't think I've been doing dates right. I don't think so either. Shit, I've been doing shit like going to dinner. <sighs> dinner. Classic mistake. Classic mistake. You bring the subs to Barry Manilow and then you never eat anything of them. Because you have to bottom. You yeah, can't right. eat if you're going to eat it. You can't bottom if you eat a meatball sub and you can't eat if you're going to bottom. Oh, that creepy guy was definitely a power bottom. Oh, he seemed like it. Yeah. Maybe Where the he clothes? was just going to eat the sun chips. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like a weird... And then like it just never really resolves like will's just like playing along with this and he's like yeah i guess i'm going to philadelphia to have sex with this guy but then he at then the end of the episode he meets barry manilow and then he and barry manilow like sing some barry manilow songs right and okay so like there's nothing actually holding him to his end of the bargain like frankly if mr Brody had been smart in his exploitation he would have said oh i'll introduce you to barry in Philadelphia, uh-huh. after our date. Right. Well, and it, it kind of seems like, I don't want to say this, but it seems like there should have been more of a threat of violence. <laughs> like, the actor they cast to play this part could pick Will Truman up. Like, I I don't want the episode to have a this moment. This is getting into rapey territory. Right, like, I don't want the episode to have a moment where the guy threatens to pick Will up and carry him away. But, like, the episode didn't make sense because... Will clearly wanted to just leave, but and never... there were no obstacles to And really there were no obstacles, yeah. Stopping him from leaving. Like, once he meets Barry Manilow, he could just go home. Right. I guess it's good that Will is kind of a stand-up guy who doesn't want to renege on his deal to have sex with this man. But also, like, consent can be revoked at any time. Mm-hmm. And there is no obstacle to Will doing so. Yep. So... so... Basically, Catholicism? Rody... I don't know. Rody made a bad plan here. Yeah. Everyone's making bad decisions, except Barry Manilow. Who's just trying to do a show. Right. I think part of it, too, is that, like, fundamental to my misunderstanding of this episode is that I can't imagine anyone being a Fanilow, but including these characters. It is a bit odd. 
And maybe this is like a cultural, like another Gen X thing. Like we maybe. don't understand it because we were too young to really be into Barry Manilow. I just can't imagine being so into Barry Manilow that I would have sex in Philadelphia with a guy who makes his own clothes. I mean, all the, I mean, at least the making the own clothes part is the deal breaker for you me. You know, someone who makes his own clothes isn't that weird. Someone who makes his own clothes and wants to put you in them is odd. Unless he's like literally a stylist. But this man is no stylist. Not a stylist. He is a roadie. So, I confusion. I am confusion. America explain. <laughs> Why is this one Kansas and this one is not our Kansas? <laughs> <sighs> okay, so that's Will's plot. That's Will. Now, Grace? Grace. So after Will's plot spins out, and I think spins out is a very accurate description of that, Grace's plot spins out. Yep. Um. So Karen, again, just shows up because the plot needs her to. Mm-hmm. And Karen looks across the street with Grace, and they look across the street, and there is Jack and Grace's mother. Yes. So Jack and Bobby are having a lovely dinner. It's Hanukkah, so it's, it's their Hanukkah dinner. Yes. And Grace is a little upset because she had initially been feeling very good and very freed because her mother canceled their annual Hanukkah shopping trip slash rib dinner. Right. But then she sees her mom having basically their special dinner with Jack. Uh-huh. And suddenly she is just full of emotion. Yes. She gets so emotional, baby. <laughs> well, and it's... Like, you know where the plot's going as soon as it starts. Like, clearly, like, Grace was upset because her mom, or wasn't upset because of her mom at Mm -hmm. first. She was like, what a relief. But then she sees her mom with someone else, so she's jealous. So Mm -hmm. now she wants her mommy back. But, like, it takes the entire episode to get there. Yes, because first she, like, puts Karen in the chair in the line. Right. And goes and tells her mom, oh, you canceled our dinner, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I knew you didn't want to spend time with me, so I found someone who did. Very self-aware of Debbie Reynolds. I know, it's kind of shocking. And so then... (laughs) Grace is just sort of like, okay, and then she goes back in line, and then she's clearly not okay with it, and then, like, then they sing some Barry Manilow, and then she, like, rushes back to the restaurant to be like, mommy! Right. It's... It's weird. Like, the episode plot could have taken the amount of time we just described that in, but instead it's clearly, like, the B-plot and stretches across the entire episode. Right, and it's like, I can kind of understand that, because parents are difficult, Having parents is sometimes stressful because sometimes you don't want to spend time with them. But then when the option of never spending time with them again is presented, you freak out. Of course. And then want to spend all your time with them. And so then basically Grace like freaks out and kicks Jack off of his date with Bobby and hangs out with her mom. Yeah. Which again, she didn't want to do. Right. But I think it's, there is like a tiny glimmer of like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, realism yes, or reality there is, in it. there's a touch of realism to it. Because at the end, like, Bobby sees her own mother calling and hangs up on her. Yes. Because it's clear that, like, she's she has the same experience as Grace, but Grace and Bobby have, like, a real relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or whatever. Or something, yeah. Or something. You know, I wish there had been more of that. I kind of almost wish that, yeah, that the Barry Manilow plot hadn't been the entire plot, and then we'd had more of this... Grace and Bobby try to negotiate their complicated relationship uh-huh. because we've seen that and it's always very funny. Like the the bit where Bobby hangs up on her own mother is a throwaway line at the end. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to see if like Bobby was trying to justify her position and then in the middle of fighting with Grace, her mom called and Bobby hung up on her and Grace was like, look what you just did. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like the episode came at it from the wrong way where like, I feel like Bobby should have been upset with, Grace for canceling or something? Well, I think that 
the implication is that she sort of is, and this is like her revenge is to hang out with I one know. of Grace's friends. But, but Grace didn't cancel, right? Bobby did. No. Yes, that's the thing, is Bobby canceled. But right. it was because she knew Grace didn't want to hang out with her. Right. And it's like, that's very real. As mm-hmm. someone who was raised Catholic, these characters are Jewish. I think that Jews and Catholics have it very much in common mm-hmm. that you can guilt the shit out of your children. And right. so if Bobby's cancellation had really laid it on the thick that, well, you don't want to spend time with me, so I'm not going mm-hmm. to come, it would have been one thing. But she just, like, casually canceled and then hung right. out with Jack, so that felt weird. Yeah, I mean... It also g- felt out of character for Bobby. Right, again, like, I feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot here because I'm like asking for things that are not healthy decisions. But, like, Bobby is, like, a very responsible human here who's like, well, my daughter doesn't want to spend time with me, so I'm going to spend my time with people who do want to spend time with me, and I'm not going to make her feel bad about it. That doesn't make sense that for Bobby Adler as a character, character. It doesn't work. It's out of character. It's odd. She should have pitched a fit. Or she should have, like, revealed that, ha, 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 this was her whole plan the entire time was to make Grace feel guilty. Right. Like, if, if it had been revealed that Bobby was orchestrating this dramatic confrontation that would have felt more in character for someone who has a live-in pianist like it was weird of her to not rub it in grace's face very weird a good emotional maturity development but not something that we're going to see picked up again right and again i hate saying this out loud because i'm always asking these characters to act like humans but this time you can't go from zero to 60 yeah we needed we needed like the the slightly tap in the break yeah we need, we need something else. I don't know. Like a 35. And, and like you said, the Barry Manilow plotline being shoehorned in here, like, complicates it because so much of Grace's screen time is in supporting Will's plot or kind of supporting Karen's plot later or yeah. just physically being there talking to Sarah Gilbert. Right. And it's also like the fact that she caught her mom in the act is very crazy random happenstance and not... Mm-hmm. Something orchestrated by Bobby, which makes it weird. Right. Like, the fact that her mother didn't intend for her to catch her out with Jack mm-hmm. is odd to me. I don't yeah. get it. It's an interesting choice. All right. So, shall we? But I, I think this plot worth the best. I think so. I think we can give this one, like, the closest to a good plot stamp of approval and move on. Yes. To Karen's plot. Yes. Karen's which, plot is much simpler this week. It's simpler and it's fine. It's fine. So basically, Karen just sees Grace in line and she sees a lot of people in uh-huh. tiny chairs and she's like, what is this, honey? And then she's <laughs> basically inducted into the church of Barry Manilow. Right. And it's... Again, I feel like for me, this suffers because I'm having trouble understanding the magic of Manilow. We're not fanalos, folks. We just, we're having a hard time connecting. Right. Here's so, how I thought of it. Is it sort of, to me, felt like, you know that Drag Race episode recently that they had where you had to convert someone at the Church of Britney Spears? Yes, that was great. It was sort of like Karen is the convert who they brought mm-hmm. in, and then Sarah Gilbert is the one who does a live conversion on <laughs> air, and then Karen is like, singing Barry Manilow songs. Testify, et cetera, yes. I don't know any Barry Manilow songs, so I can't sing one. But I don't think he's the one who sings the Pina Colada song. No, that's um, someone else. That's a band. So anyways. Um, I just, I actually then, in this part, feel like this was too divorced from Karen's plotline. Kind of, again, like we're talking about, like these characters are acting out of character in weird ways unusual right. ways. Right. Like, like, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in Karen's life right now that could be tied into her feelings of love for these heartfelt romantic Barry Manilow songs. Uh-huh. I mean, 
her husband has just died uh-huh. and or ex-husband. I don't really know right. what they got settled on the divorce. She was in the middle of a divorce when her soon-to-be ex-partner died. It would make sense for her to tie in those real-life things that are happening to her right. with this newfound conversion to, oh, this beautiful romantic song. But instead, it just happens, and it's completely divorced from any plot line. Right. There's no explanation for it. It's just, she's like, hmm, this is catchy. And right. then she's dancing and singing and loving it. And right. I'm like, what? Much like the Grace plotline this week, it's just complete happenstance. It's just it's, Karen's in the right place at the right time. Right. And like that's that's too random for this show. This isn't Seinfeld, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a show about nothing. This is a show about carefully crafted plots and characters. There's a very Seinfeldian feel to this episode. And it's odd. And I don't think it necessarily works a lot yeah. of the time. So for Karen, I kind of give this like a... Like, like the, this episode is really predicated on all of its main characters, except to a lesser extent Jack. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. But Jack is also meeting these random people who they don't normally interact with or who are brand new to them and spinning off in weird ways as a result. Yeah. Like, it's like everyone just, like, jumped out of a plane and they're like, let's see what happens! Hey! And they keep hitting birds on the way down and, like... One of them has a parachute that is in the shape of a star, so it's blowing them back and forth, and I don't really know how skydiving works. Let's move away from that metaphor. (laughs) But yeah, so Karen's plot is just sort of, again, crazy random happenstance, and then she, I don't know, gets tickets to see Barry Manilow? It's very unclear what happens at the end. Yeah, it it kind of seems like she ends up with the tickets that Will was going to buy. Potentially. Maybe. Ish. Because Will didn't buy tickets because he got to meet Barry Manilow. In person. And maybe didn't get to see the concert. I don't know. Okay. The episode just ends. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. Is it just, like, just Will goes backstage, and that's the end of the episode. It's just him singing with Barry. Right. Okay, so then Jack. But what is Jack? What is happening? What's Ugh. happening with Jack? Is he's having dinner with Bobby. But we don't get any of the lead-up to it, so it, again, feels very weird. Right. Like, he's just having dinner with Bobby, talking about not being an actor anymore. Right. And, like, the dinner seems to be Bobby making an impassioned plea on behalf of behalf of all other bad actors for Jack to not quit acting. And it's like, that's kind of funny. But there's, again, the plot is, I'm confused. Where did that, Uh I want to see that phone call where Bobby's like, Bobby Adler here. Jack, I want to talk to you about your acting career. And I just find it hard to believe the Will and Grace writers didn't think they could write an episode that centered around Bobby Adler trying to convince Jack McFarlane to go back into acting. Right. I think that would have been a great episode. Like, was Debbie Reynolds only available for, like, 20 minutes? Like, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's just so underwritten this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the other thing is, so the fact that Bobby and Jack apparently have this sort of let's get dinner relationship is brand new information (laughs) that is in no way lampshaded at all. Yeah, she's always loved Jack, but never to this level on the show. She's loved Jack, but in, like, the same way that you love your child's roommate's pet mm-hmm. you know like oh it's you know it's matthew's cat eliza i love her right like but you don't make plans with eliza you <laughs> i make plans with eliza i don't know about you me too but my mom <laughs> doesn't well that's but, fair but what i'm getting at is like i needed that lampshading that oh didn't you know jack and i get dinner once a year or right. something like something to make it seem like this was not a really fucking random thing that was happening mm-hmm. it wasn't there it was weird Jack is not convinced, and he continues to attend student nursing school. And then when Grace shows up at the end, he thinks that Grace wants to beat him up. So then he runs across the street to join Karen and the Barry Manilow line, and that's... And it all comes full circle. It. 
All right. Uh, I think that's all we have for the episode today. Tess, uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find us on the internet? All right. If you want to try and convert us to the Church of Fanalos, um, you can find us primarily on Twitter. We are at Not A Couple Show. Um, we are no longer live tweeting episodes because there aren't any new ones this season. But, Sad. But we will still be on Twitter tweeting about our episodes, so you can find us there and tweet at us and say fun things in 280 characters or less. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, on Tumblr, and you can listen to this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. All right. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with more Will and Grace. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Hi, Liza. This episode was sponsored by Fanalos Everywhere. We know you're out there. We don't know why, but thank you, we think.